we'll play the song at the end and you can listen to it as we uh, uh, think about God's word and what it means to us and um, as we reflect on his sermon. Um, but if you will, turn with me to uh, Leviticus chapter 4. We're on our series on sin and uh, you know we talked last time about how um, God defined sin for us so that we would know what sin is. We don't have to wonder what sin is. He, he's revealed that um, in His Word through, through His special revelation. Uh, and, and um, you know, that special revelation came especially to, to the people of Israel. But I think there's a general sense in the world where people know to do, you know, what's right and what's wrong. We, lots of cultures know the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. <laughs> um, but especially th this idea that, that God, um, in, in the law, um, uh, that, that we tend to bump up against, what He was really doing was expressing His love for us, and, 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 and we're, we're to love Him in return, and then uh, if we love Him, then we'll, we love our brothers. We love our brothers and sisters. We, we love those around us. And, and that, that's the heart of, of um, God's law for us. The problem is, is that, that with, with sin, um, it goes against God's um, divine essence and nature. It, it, and, and nothing can withstand His presence. Um, uh, that, that, that has sin in their lives. Nothing can withstand God's presence. But God did make a way for us to be reconciled to Him. And that's what um, Leviticus 4 is all about. It's about the sacrificial laws that God set up. Now we're going to begin with verse 27 here. <clears throat> and I like starting with 27 because it talks about people in general. And it says this, If any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any of these things that by the Lord's commandments ought not to be done and realizes his guilt or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish, for his sin which he has committed. And he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering in the place of burnt offering. And the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of, of burnt offering and pour out the rest of, of its blood at the base of the altar. And all its fat shall be removed, as the fat is removed from the peace offerings, and the priest shall burn it on the altar for a pleasing aroma to the Lord, and the priest shall make atonement for him, and he shall be forgiven. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We live um, today in an age of no forgiveness. It's, it's become crazy these last few years. How, how people just uh, lack any sort of sympathy or mercy or, or a heart of forgiveness. And, you know, th th there's been times in, in, in world history where people have, have gone through this. But, but it seems especially... Um, harsh now, this, this idea of no forgiveness. Um, people, especially in, in the public arena, people will say something that offends someone, 
And then the, the one offended will demand an apology for it. And, and the person apologizes, but, but that apology is not enough. There's no, there's no mercy or forgiveness shown in the one who was offended. And in fact, they, they keep piling on that person over and over again. Um, you know, uh, there's a label for it. We've called it cancel culture sometimes. Um, but anyway, the, the, this idea, and, and, and just in general, I, I see that there's this lack of, of forgiveness in people's hearts. You know, if, if somebody does something uh, that, that is wrong and, and, and is, you know, offensive to, to that person, to the other person, and, and, and they come and, 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 and they, they honestly and sincerely apologize, you know, um, most people that I know forgive them, but it seems like there's just this piling on today of, of all these things. And, and, and there are people out there, too, who get offended and, and, and they'll hold grudges against people for years. Um, there are people out there um, who, who have had family members that, that have offended them and, uh, and, and, and they'll refuse to talk to them uh, for a long time and, and harbor things against them or, or just uh, you know, people who, who have offended us. Uh, and, and even in, within the church... Um, people tend to hold grudges against each other, and that's that, that's one of the worst things. When when somebody who, who who claims to be God's 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 child and yet holds a grudge against somebody else, especially since Christianity means is all about forgiveness, I mean that that that's one of the worst things that 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 um, can 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 happen within a church. Somebody who calls themselves a Christian who have had their sins forgiven. Um, you know, and, and, and they refuse to do that. But, but we live in a culture of, of, of a lack of forgiveness. And, and um, you know, here in the Scripture, God Himself is, is the one who has been offended because of our sinfulness. And yet, he, he, he chose a way in which people could be reconciled to Him. Even though the offenses against God meant death, for the offender, his creation, God said, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my justice at bay if you'll do this. I'll make things right and you and I can be reconciled. I think it's very important when we understand sin that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That, that the source of sin goes back to Adam and that corruption that corrupted the whole human race I think it's important to know that God is, is, is willing and ready to forgive. Uh, God does not want us to forget that He is a God of justice, though, because we, we know that Adam and Eve were expelled from paradise because of their sin. We know that, that humanity um, what was uh, extinguished, almost extinguished, but not all the way, was extinguished with the flood because God saw how... how violent the earth was and how, how corrupting his, his creation had become. But always God started over. He didn't kill Adam and Eve right away. He allowed them to live and, and, and to go on and, and, and producing people. In the flood, God rescued Noah and his family so that the human race could start over again. His, he, he kept his creation from being completely destroyed. And then he entered into a covenant with a man named Abraham and his family and descendants and gave them his law, said, this is, if, if you will obey me and keep all my commandments, 
Then out of all nations you'll be my treasured possession, he told Abraham's descendants. And he gave the law through the lawgiver Moses and, and showed him that th these are the things that you're supposed to do. And, you know, the question then becomes, what happens to those who break the law? Are, are, are they separated from God forever? Are they, are they cast out of, the, out of, out of his camp? Are, were, were, they, were they to be killed on the spot? God says no. So what he did was, um, as part of, a part of the ceremonial worship, he said, I'm going to allow you to make sacrifices of animals so that you can come and worship me. Because what's happened is, is, is that sin brings God's judgment. And, and, and sin brought the separation between God and man. And what happens when you're separated from God, who is the source of life? That, that means that, that, that your life is forfeit before Him because of your sin. It's just a, just a fact. God is the author of life. God created life. And, 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 and in our rejection of Him, we've separated ourselves off from the source of life. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's brought to light um, in the Genesis story. When Adam and, Adam and Eve were, were put out of the garden, um, God put a guardian angel at, at, at the gates to the garden and, and would not allow them to come back in because they might have access to the tree of life and continue on forever. Um, you cut yourself off from this. Humanity is cut off from the source of life in God because of our sinfulness within. But God, in His mercy and grace, made ways to come back to Him. And sacrifices existed long before this, this time. But when God gave the law to Moses, He came up with a system of sacrifice so that people can go through this um, ritual in obedience to God's command and be able to come to Him again. So what does He do? Well, He has them to, to uh, do sacrifices for sin sacrifices. And so He gives the, the, the orders here on, on how to conduct those sin sacrifices. And, um, of course, he addresses, uh, he addresses the priests, he addresses the leaders of the country. But now, he, in this passage, he's, he's addressing everyone, the common people. He says, if you bring the first and best of your flock that, that is unblemished, and you sacrifice that animal to me, and, 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 and you allow the priest to, to do this, um, and you participate in it, then you may be able to approach me and worship and be part of my covenant. Your sin will be forgiven and, 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 God, and, and I will accept you. And th this is the thing that, that the, these priests did constantly. And there were other sacrifices besides just the sin sacrifice. I mean, I, I can't imagine all of that constant blood on, on a daily basis. Now, maybe if you worked in a meat processing plant, you might encounter this, this much blood as these priests did. But the blood was being shed all the time. And, and, and there was always something being burned on that altar on a daily basis. Because people wanted to, to access God, but God says, you can't come to me in any old way. You, you can't come to me um, just, just on, a, on a whim. You can't just claim that I'm your God and yet go out and do all these sinful things that you've done before. You can't claim that I'm your God and go out and worship other gods. You can't claim that, that I'm ultimate reality and yet deny reality. 
which a lot of people are doing today, by the way. No, you've got to approach me in this way, because I, I am a unique God, you are my unique people, and I'm a God who is, who is good and, and merciful, and, and the word is holy as well. And we'll get more into what that, that word holy means uh, later on in this series. Um, but for right now, it means that, that God is unique in the universe and that He has a, a strict moral code that, that is ingrained in His character. It's, 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 it's His nature. God alone is the only, one tr is the only true God. Those that belong to Him are His, and, and they're considered holy. But there's also this moralizing effect that God's nature is being passed on to us, which is constantly transforming us um, and that source of sin within. But God did this to teach the people how they could approach Him. They could not approach Him without death, without something dying. And instead of, of the human being dying when they approached God, God allowed, in His mercy, the sacrifice of animals. Now, one of the first things I noticed about this passage, too, and, and, and it's in each of these sin sacrifice passages, verse 27, If any one of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not to be done, and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known, he shall, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish. That first word there, sin unintentionally. Some versions say sin of error. You know, there, were, there was no sacrifice for someone who shook their fist at God and said, I know what your will is, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it. There is no such sacrifice here for that. It is for someone who intends in their hearts to keep God's law and covenant, but yet they may have made a mistake, either, either in, in a lack of knowledge or you know, some sort of other human weakness, a sickness that may have caused you to, to say something against your neighbor that, that you didn't intend and, and you want to go make it right before them and before God. God is not looking at people who shake their fist at Him. He's looking at people who intend to follow Him, and yet they may have sinned and made a mistake. You see, the people of Israel were already, they were already God's chosen people. And they entered in through circumcision, which also um, sheds blood, by the way. And it was through their circumcision and shed blood that they became part of God's community that He was building. We might say kingdom today. <laughs> and, and, and I honestly think that, that circumcision is, is more um, uh, appropriate in, in thinking about Jesus' sacrifice, especially when we enter into the new covenant with Him. Um, you know, our blood was shed for that. And, and, and in the law, once you became part of God's law, once you became a part of the new community, if, if you shook your fist at God and says, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway and, and rebelled against Him, uh, the only thing that you could do is, is pay. Something that would hurt yourself. If you murdered someone in cold blood, your life was forfeited. 
If you stole from someone, you had to pay back, what, four times the amount. You know, whatever the amount was plus interest. There, there, there were personal punishments for those things. Adultery. You know, both the man and woman who committed adultery were taken out and stoned. And that sounds harsh, but that, that's the way it was. But those who, who intended to keep God's law and they happened to err, there were sacrifices they could go that, that they could perform to, in, in order to make things right with God. And, and, you know, all of this is about being reconciled to God even though we had the source of sin within us and, and even though we kept um, following it, though we didn't necessarily intend to follow it, God made, made a way for us to be purged of that sin to come back to Him. So what He did, He allowed the, 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 the death of these animals to be a substitute for our own death before Him. God said, instead of, instead of wiping my people out, I'm going to give them a way to come to Me. And so, that, so that they shed the blood of the animal. Now, it, it couldn't be just any old animal. It had to be um, and, and they mention a female goat here because um, th that was more common to the people. It, it, it was something that, 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 that they could probably handle financially. Um, it also mentions here that they could use doves later on, um, especially if you were particularly poor. Um, but they would bring the goat. They, they would um, you know, slice its neck, let, let, let the blood drain out into a bowl. Um, the priest would, would dip his finger and go up to the horns of the altar, the, the altar of burnt offering, and put blood on each of the four corners there, and then pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. A pouring out of, of, of blood as a symbol of the pouring out of, of blood of the offender. Because again, you know, the life is in the blood, and that's the only way that you could approach God is, 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 through, is through a death. And then what, what they did was, um, you know, they, they, they would cut the animal up, they, they would slaughter it, they, they would scrape the fat off the animal, and the fat is what you burned, and everything else was taken out, outside of the camp, and burned. The only thing that was to, was to be offered was the best part of that animal to them at that, in that time was the fat. The best, part of, the best animal of your flock, the one without any blemishes, and, and, and the best part of that animal they, they considered to be the fat. And everything else was, was thrown out and burned outside the camp. But the fat was burned on the altar of, of incense in, in order to, uh, it says it's a pleasing aroma to God. And if you go through this, then, then, then uh, God would um, um, forgive your sins and your sin would be atoned for. And that word atonement is, is very important. Um, in English, the English word for this um, indicates the first two parts of that, at one. <laughs> Atone, at one. It means to become at one with God, you know, literally. And that's how it's presented in English. At one meant a state of being at one with God. Atonement. And, and these sacrifices were meant to atone for our sins so that we could re receive forgiveness and so that we can be made, made, made right with God in our sin. And God gladly received those things if, if we did them, and, and if we did them with good intentions. 
Uh, one of the things that, that uh, the prophets preached later on in the Bible, um, you know, in, in, in those age of the prophets, were that people were just sacrificing without any intention of, of being loyal to God. And um, he says, um, you know, the, the prophets would often say, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Or I, 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 I desire obedience, not just sacrifice. Sometimes, sometimes people got into the ritual rather than the intention behind the ritual. If someone does not ought, ought not to be done and then realizes his guilt, and that's key here, realizes his guilt of the sin which he has committed is made known to him, you know, a lack of knowledge, then he could do this sacrifice. A lot of people had no intention of following God's law, and they would go through the ritual sacrifices thinking that that would save them. But it's all with that intent here. I've realized that, that Lord, I'm part of your kingdom, I'm part of your covenant. I, I, I didn't know what I did was wrong. I, I didn't realize that, that I had, had broken the law here in this, in this situation. And, and, and I'm guilty of breaking your law, Lord. I'm coming to you now with the sacrifice. The most important thing about, about this sacrifice, the first things, one of the first things they did was that the, the offender or the sinner would lay his hands on, on that goat as a symbol of their sin passing to it. And then it was slaughtered, the blood poured out, and everything was burnt on it. A pleasing aroma to God. Something that went up to Him and, and um, God atoned for their sin and blessed them because of it. And so I think it's all very important for us to understand when we come to the New Testament and we hear about Jesus' sacrifice, that, that we understand that, that Jesus did that so that you and I would not have to constantly come before Him and make these blood sacrifices. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us with His own blood. And, and, it's, and it's through our faith in Him that we no longer have to be sacrificed we no longer have to be circumcised to enter into God's kingdom, shedding our own blood. And we no longer have to shed our own blood when we happen to unintentionally sin because those unintentional things are still offenses against God. But Christ, through His once-for-all sacrifice, takes care of those things. It's just that when we realize our guilt in our sin as a believer, we need to make sure that we tell God and confess and repent based on the blood that Jesus has already shed for us. Because we want to make sure our hearts are right with God. We want to make sure that, that, that we keep our short account of our sins. Because we know that those sins mean death for us. Those sins means God's judgment. And those sins, if they aren't taken care of in this life, could mean eternal judgment for us. But God has provided a way to be reconciled. God has provided, even for them in the Old Testament, you know, um, we know that these sacrifices weren't necessarily effective for them. It, it, it was really their, their intentions and their obedience and, and their love for God that He counted for them, and, and their faith that He counted for them as righteousness. But later on, th those all look forward to Christ's sacrifice that He did on the cross. Christ's sacrifice looks to the past 
and, and the present and the future sin, all down through the ages, all of this pointed to Christ's sacrifice, the Son of God, the divine Son of God coming down, sacrificing His own life for us in order to make atonement between us and God, and He does it once for all, for all time. And just as, you know, as believers who intend to follow God in our hearts, we, we came to Him a long time ago and, and said, I want to be part of your kingdom, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Take me as your own. I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, and His sacrifice. For those who are, who are part of God's kingdom, we have forgiveness of sins. But once we realize that guilt within us, and, and we realize we've sinned, even if we mistakenly have done it, we come to God and He'll forgiveness, forgive us. But woe be it be unto those people who know God's law, they shake their fist at God's law, and said, or shake their fist at God and say, I'm going to do what I want to do, and still expect to get into the kingdom of heaven. There's a huge difference, and I think we forget about it in Scripture. It's not taught much in our circles anymore uh, unless you happen to be um, um, a Wesleyan or, or, or Methodist or Arminian that God looks at two different kinds of sin here and, and it's very important for us to understand as believers today willful and, and unintentional intentional, unintentional if we sin unintentionally without really meaning to and, and, and we're, and we're Desiring in our hearts, you know, to keep God's law, but yet we happen to mess up. God has provided His Son's sacrifice for those sins. But those who claim to be Christian, but yet are still defiant towards God, and, 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 and even when they realize that they've done wrong, and, and, and they refuse to repent, and they shake their fist at God, the book of Hebrews says there is no sacrifice that remains for such, such sins. In other words, we, we've, we've got to uh, come back and, and, and change our hearts before God again and, and come back into His kingdom, come back into His good graces, putting that sin behind us and, and, and not going back to it and, and coming back to Him again fully with the full heart. It's not that those people who sin, unintentional, or who sin intentionally or deliberately can never come back but their hearts are hardened and they, they, they need to soften their hearts again and come back to the Lord. But these sacrifices were a way for God to be reconciled um, to us and for us to be reconciled to Him. And they all point to the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so if we want to be in a, in, a, in a close relationship with God again, if we want to experience His blessings in our life, if, 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 if we say that, that we're a believer in Jesus Christ and yet harbor any of these sins that, that God listed in our hearts towards other people, then we, we need to come back and, and, and look at that sacrifice again and say, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for doing Have mercy on me, Lord, based on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, not on my own righteousness, but based on, on the sacrifice of Christ. Please forgive me. That was wrong and I shouldn't have done it. I made a mistake, Lord. And if we truly, within our hearts, and intentionally come back to Him, God, God will forgive us. And He will bring us back in, in, into His good graces.
The whole history of Israel was teaching us that we cannot approach God in any old way because of our sin. Our sin meant God's justice and His wrath were against us. His anger was against us. And, and uh, therefore, we, we deserve death. But God is also a loving and merciful God. And He allowed for this substitutionary death, the death of an animal. And, and God didn't just, wasn't just dumping on innocent animals. They pointed to something beyond themselves, which was God Himself coming down one day doing away with sin in His person on the cross. God Himself, the immortal, eternal, invisible God, all-powerful, all-loving God, took on human flesh, dwelled among us, lived as a human being, suffered and died on the cross as an atonement for our sins, and then rose again from the dead. And it's through Him that we can approach God and be reconciled to Him. Only through Him. Christ is the only way of salvation. But when I narrow things down to the person of Jesus Christ, the divine Son of God, then all the world can be saved. <laughs> Everyone can. This is just a reminder that Christ died for you to be reconciled to God. And that we don't have to go through these, these rituals anymore to do that because God's plan was to use these things to teach us how to approach God, how we could come to God. But then He offered through His Son the final um, reconciliation, the final restoration of, of the heart so that we can have our sins forgiven, have them cleansed, and be made right with God. Let's stand.